What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we get into another spooky movie, this time decided by some of you guys. <laughs> A select special few. Yes. Our Discorders done decided once again. It's... Mm -hmm. A little bit earlier than normal normally our discord decides falls like the last episode of the month but we had to push it up a week yeah we had to push it up a week this month because we have something special happening next week and so we had like already planned out the next week mm -hmm. so we did a little surprise springing action on the discorders and they rose to the challenge still rose to the yeah. occasion they always do we yeah. love you, Discord homies. You know yeah, this. Yeah, thank you, you guys. You made this one a nail biter, I will say. <laughs> for me personally, it was very, very close for the majority of the time. And then we had a winner pull out basically within the last hour <laughs> of the voting. We had one person inch one point ahead. Mm -hmm. So thank you for making that exciting because I honestly didn't know. Right. It, it gets it gets tense. It gets heated in these uh, Discord decides. It does. It does, and it's always fun when it's a bunch of movies that I'm really excited to talk about mm -hmm. because then I'm I have no idea what it's gonna be. I've had some where I where I think both of us kind of had a feeling which one was gonna pull ahead, and yeah, that came to fruition. But this time I was just, I was excited to do any of the three. And so I yeah. was very unsure. Yeah, I feel that. I mean, we, our, the theme was basically like summer camp. So we couldn't really yeah. go wrong with any of the no. picks. Uh, but the one that we got, the movie was a doozy. <laughs> I'm so excited, yes, because our options were The Burning, mm -hmm. the Friday the 13th remake, or. Nobody sleeps in the woods tonight. And I was, yeah, I was just excited about any of them. I, I will say I'm very happy that The Burning won, if only because it's been, maybe it hasn't been a while, but it feels like it's been a while since we've done an older film. At least for our last few episodes, we've definitely been in the more modern era of yeah. horror so i was kind of excited to go back to the 80s mm -hmm. so i was excited about that however i haven't seen nobody sleeps in the woods tonight so i'm still very very much looking forward to checking that out and Same. then the friday the 13th remake i think i've mentioned this before but it's a remake that i very much enjoy for me that is a remake that i think is a well done horror remake especially for such a big franchise yeah. so I'm always down to talk about that one, which you are unsure if you've seen that one, right? Yeah, I'm not entirely sure yet. I got to go back and watch for sure. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I'd be more than willing to talk about it, too, because I love me a Friday the 13th movie. Love a Friday the 13th. And you know what? It's nice having the Discord decides because I think it kind of gives us a little bit of insight into what the homies would like to hear us talk about. Mm -hmm. Because with how many people were also excited to hear that 
potential episode i think it lets us know that we definitely have to cover it kind of yeah most of but apparently the homies like the classics too which i also appreciate you look you guys know i'm a fan i'm a big fan of the 80s movies so i was very very much excited to talk about this because i've never seen the burning it's one that Mm -hmm. i've heard about numerous times many times i've heard people bring this up i've seen posts about it it's been on lots of summer camp lists even even slasher lists that i've looked up and so it's one that i've wanted to watch for a while but i also kind of had a feeling that we were going to watch it for the podcast eventually so i was Mm -hmm. kind of putting it off got you and I, on the flip side, have never heard a damn thing about this movie, <laughs> never seen a poster, a post, a mentioning in passing of this movie. However, when we watch the trailers for oh. these movies, this trailer hit me in such a sweet spot, y'all. If you have not watched the trailer for The Burning, I'm going to need you to pause this episode right now and go watch that trailer because it is brilliant. It's delightful. It's everything that you want a trailer to be, plus a little bit of va-va-voom sprinkled on top. (laughs) It had me, yeah, I was cracking up by the time we finished this trailer, which after watching the trailer, I was even more hype to watch the movie because it just uh, hit me right in those 80s cheesy horror feels. Um, but all right, should we jump into it? Should we get chatting about the Discord besides? Yeah, let's get into the movie. But before we do that, we wanted to give you guys a little bit of a heads up for the the special thing that we continue to allude to next week, uh, since it's coming up soon. It's gonna be Shark Week for the homies. So keep an eye out for that. Get excited. Look to the social media. We're going to be posting and letting you guys know more in depth what that means. But just get ready for homies shark week. (laughs) All right, y'all. We are entering into spoiler territory. So you have been warned. But today we are talking about The Burning from 1981. This movie was directed by Tony Malum, starring Brian Matthews as Todd. Leah Ayers as Michelle, Brian Backer as Alfred, and Lou David as Cropsy. It all started with a prank. The boys at Camp Blackfoot are fed up with Cropsy, their groundkeeper, and decide to scare him in the middle of the night. However, the prank goes terribly wrong and Cropsy is set ablaze, nearly losing his life. Five years later, Cropsy is released from the hospital, badly burned and steaming with rage. Now, the kids and staff of Camp Stonewater must pay for the crimes of their predecessors as Cropsy begins cutting down the campers one by one. Insert overly trustworthy hookers, hack and slash scissors, and long shots staring down the barrel of a camera here. Our film concludes with a fiery finale between Cropsy and the campers. But will their best efforts be enough 
to stoke the flames of his wrath. Also, come on, man. Take a look. Roll credits. Where was that from? Uh, that was from the somebody get this orderly who does nothing in this oh hospital other than look God. at burn victims. Apparently. Oh my God! Yeah, Yo, what in the world? I am convinced. I am absolutely convinced that that man either that was his first day or he does not work there because <laughs> his priorities were all the way out of whack. My man was stone cold set on getting that other guy to quit. Like, <laughs> I it seemed it seemed like that was his main prerogative. Is he said I'm gonna get this guy to quit immediately? The very his first day on the job. His first day on the job, mind you. If you watch this with subtitles, he's just referred to as Intern One. Right. So like he. So he is just, he's a random ass intern in the hospital. And he's telling this brand new doctor about, hey man, oh, you new here? She. she. I've seen some things. You want to see some things? Yeah. Which it has to be a captions mistake because he says <laughs> that he's worked there for 10 years. So I would love to assume that he had moved up from the position of intern to uh, an actual nurse or or something that at least would get this man paid after 10 years <laughs> but yeah he's very 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 hell-bent on showing this specific doctor who it seems as late to his actual shift and what he's meant to right. be doing <laughs> this man grabs him by the arm and then proceeds to basically blast the shit and clown the shit out of this burning victim in right? front of his face right <laughs> in front of his face <laughs> no respect zero respect my man's just like you ain't never seen a motherfucker burnt up like burnt this motherfucker right here like you gotta this. come in look at look at this Look at it's look straight at up this. a SpongeBob fucking thing. Look at it. Yeah, look, look at, at it. it. He's straight up roasting this man. <laughs> Legitimately, he's re-roasting re this man, shall we say? He's like, you ever seen a a burnt marshmallow walking? <laughs> Feast your eyes on this. So how long you been working here? I've started working Sunday. Oh yeah, you like your job? Yeah, it's fine. Great. <laughs> when you see what I see, you soon change your mind. Hey, listen, after two months of working here, you're going to feel like an old man. Guys like you won't last five minutes. Listen, hey, I listen, you got a minute? No, I'm I, I want to show duty. you something I... down the hall. After you see this guy, you'll never want to come back in here again. Man, this guy's burned so bad, he's cooked a fucking Big Mac overdone. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, it's a miracle he's still alive. Was me, I prefer to be dead. No way I'd want to be like this freak. He's a monster, man. I've been working here 10 years, and I'm telling you, I ain't never seen anything like this. In here, man. Come on, take oh, a listen, look. I gotta go. You want to be a doctor, right? This is what you got to see. And then his arm gets grabbed, and I love that there's no aftermath for nope. that. And this, nothing. He's distraught. He acts as if this man has just stabbed, as if Cropsey just stabbed him just because he grabbed his arm. It's like, hey, maybe he just wants some more pain medication. Yeah. <laughs> Can we get a new IV drip in this man? 
or perhaps he is very politely requesting that you stop roasting him yeah. <laughs> in his own bedroom, please. Yeah. Can you stop screaming in my face? I'm trying to heal. <laughs> I I also love that. That I think that's probably the first big uh, reaction shot that we get. And it really <laughs> yeah. sets up all the reaction shots that come for the rest of the movie. Because they're all like that. Mm-hmm. Where a character has something happen to them. And the camera just stays on them way past its expiration date. These expressions are eating up the lens. And (laughs) yes, it's a very heavy... Because in this movie, they don't want to show Cropsy too often. Mm -hmm. You mainly get the victims and the reactions to what he's doing. So yes, we rely very, very heavily on these actors selling what crops whatever Cropsy is doing to them in these scenes to varying varying successes but oh, yeah. <laughs> before we get too far into the later scenarios let's go back a little bit to the beginning of our film and true, tell me true. tell me now what is in your notebook i got you well the first thing i got right here is simply well, that escalated quickly. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Because... Uh, a shame. It's a shame. It, it truly is a shame. Like, this movie... Now, I think a blanket for this movie is it really was a good pick for, like, a summer camp film because it covers, like, all the bases of summer camp. Yes. Completely it, it agree. Tr- it truly has all the summer camp vibes that you want from your horror movie. So, ideally, it starts with uh the group of previous campers mm-hmm. um deciding to prank their groundskeeper and first off this prank is pretty malicious not gonna lie like i understand based on their little bit of background here that this guy's kind of a jackass and they don't like him sure but these kids find a rotting skull yeah Put it in a box, proceed to put it into this man's room and light candles inside of it and just wait for him to wake up and see it. That is messed up. That is some traumatizing shit. Yes, it is a head in a box because it starts. I will. I do like the way that this movie starts a lot because I very much enjoy when we just hop into a situation that is already ongoing we hop in in the middle Mm -hmm. and so we are not exactly sure how we got to this point but it's through our characters filling in the blanks that we find out and it's kind of fun because i agree this is a very much a camping a summer camp movie whereas friday the 13th came out one year prior to this movie but in this one which is that is nice is it's not just about the camp counselors, it's also the campers. Mm -hmm. And so you get to see a lot of that interaction. And so we start off with a group of campers who have been apparently terrorized by this Cropsy fellow who we don't get to meet really at all prior to the situation at hand. So we're completely going off of their description of him, of him being a menace to the campers. And so them prank it it kind of puts you as the audience you're kind of already into it even though you know the prank's gonna go wrong you're kind of already into it as far as your 
kind of on the camper side. Yeah, most In the sense of you're like, yeah, whatever, go prank him. He apparently beats some child up. So yeah, <laughs> you know, maybe go ahead and, and give him a little bit of comeuppance. But yes, and then they pull a rotting skull out of a box. And that's where I say, wait a minute. Yeah. Where did you get the head? That's what I'm where saying. Where did you find the head? That begs so many questions. <laughs> now uh, you guys are crazy. Now you guys, <laughs> you guys are a little bit cuckoo because where you're just carrying a head full of maggots around. And they do a good job of, because you don't know what's in the box until the big reveal. And like, right. they're alluding to it. They're like, oh, we're going to get him with this. They're even like, all right, what did you find? Like, let me see it. And you, the mm-hmm. audience, don't get to see it, but the campers get to see it. That's a good move. I enjoy that. And I'll admit, I was excited. I really want to know what's in the box. I wanted to know. But mm-hmm. when I found out, I very quickly was like, no, 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 too much. Too much. Why? <laughs> you took Why it a step was that too far. In the box? Yeah, you guys took it super far. And it's, you do see that all of the campers are very much involved, but you can kind of tell that it's that sense of the one main guy, I think it's Billy, who is like leading the charge. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of, getting everybody else all revved up and everybody is on board and everybody's cool with it. But then I also like that when things go wrong, everybody is understandably distraught by the, (laughs) the lengths that this prank has gone to, which is a nice switch from sorority row is what I compare it to where another prank gone wrong, where I really didn't like the different reactions that everyone had to the prank. It didn't really Mm -hmm. feel authentic to me but in this one i'm like yeah these are just some kids who did some weird shit and they thought it was funny and but they react appropriately when things go wrong i don't i hate to say this but cropsy did basically set himself on fire yeah most definitely like Like, they set the flame but cropsy walked into the flame (laughs) really (laughs) you really did like my man's woke up in a fright and then spontaneously knocks all of the fire all over himself and then (laughs) runs into a gasoline tank that is just casually sitting at the foot of his bed. Why? We don't really need to know, but it's there. You need some late night gas cap off, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) But then this man gets fully ignited and... I got to point it out because I loved it. I think it was a very endearing thing and it made me enjoy this first bit a lot more. But I absolutely adored the fact that once Cropsy, once Cropsy was fully lit on fire and is like screaming and leaves out of his cabin, you can clearly see that that is just someone in a fire suit. Like oh. there is... There is absolutely no questioning that that is not Cropsy. <laughs> that is oh, a yeah. stunt actor wearing a flame-resistant suit, and I loved it. Oh, immediately, and especially, too, with the... Because you can really tell, too, the actor that plays Cropsy, Lou David, when he is when it's him and he's in bed, you can tell that it's just vfx fire it's that they basically superimposed over mm-hmm. <laughs> over top him so that it looks like his legs are still aflame mm-hmm. but obviously we only see really see 
sectional shot so it's either just his face with the fake flames or just his legs with the real flames with and then, the real yeah, yeah and then it's the cut from which is actually still a pretty cool shot of him bursting through the door completely on fire yeah. but yeah it's because when you're a fire stunt person you kind of have that like wavy inflatable tube man kind of <laughs> <laughs> movement that you have to do with the flames and yeah but it's it's a cool it's a cool it's shot of him bursting through the door yeah it's still it still works for what it's supposed to be it still gets the job done it's one of those things that if you're looking out for it you will very mm -hmm. clearly see it but if you're <laughs> yeah if that's not what you're what you're checking movies for like it's fine also forgot to mention that we got the great tom savini yeah, um, on here for the effects, and apparently the practical leg effects were Tom uh, stepping in as he loves to do for his own effects work and lit his own legs on fire for that. Mm -hmm. Which I Which, was pretty cool. Hey, dope, dope, diddy, dope. Yeah, it's cool. But so this whole opening section is really. It's fun. It gets you into the mood for the movie. And so immediately you realize, because this is a movie that does not even try to hide who the killer is. We know it's Cropsy. We know it's going yeah. to be Cropsy. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So we start, we get his origin, and then we go straight into basically five years later, as soon as he quote unquote heals, he is ready to go on a killing spree. This is a straight revenge movie. Mm -hmm. But we also get a little bit of background information on him in the sense of he has always been a person who has a history of malice and violence. And so it's not a far he don't he's not making a big leap to being ready to kill. I think that he yeah. he was maybe a step away from that anyways. And mm -hmm. now he just has even more reason to want to do so, which I suppose is what is meant to be shown with the scene of him going with the <laughs> prostitute. It just seems entirely unnecessary to even have this as a scene, but I guess they're just trying to show that he is a violent person. I'm unsure. Right. I think like I I think so show that he's got um, you know, he's got an affinity for violence. Uh he enjoys scissors as yes. a form of weaponry mm -hmm. um we established that in that scene and um you know we get to see this hooker actor actor chops off which um you know you did a thing in that scene yeah. and i will say her death i think out of most of the characters in this movie i actually thought her death was pretty cool she gets to do a lot as far as the ways that he is killing her and mm -hmm. i will say the stab to her stomach looks pretty fucking good yeah. as far as practical effects go and then she crashes through her window and then there is a, a lightning bolt that zeus himself has thrown <laughs> through the sky <laughs> so it's very strange the cuts that uh, happen in this movie and so this 80s. is the first of them where it keeps cutting it cuts we see her stabbed and then it keeps cutting between her stab wound and her face where blood is just pouring out of her mouth and then when she goes to the window we cut to an outside shot and then cut to the sky 
a huge lightning bolt happens and then cut back to the scissors. <laughs> it's just a <laughs> lot. It's a lot of cuts in a 15 second span. But I kind of I was really digging this death. Yeah, it was a good death. And honestly, I think a lot of the deaths across the board are pretty fun. Mm -hmm. um, it really seems like this movie took from Friday the 13th and was like, we're going to do we're going to one up it in terms of the violence, like there are some like similar styles of kills, but you can tell with the effects that, um, you know, Tom Savini was going ham. He was having mm -hmm. a good time yeah. with these practicals. Felt uh, like he had a lot of free reign. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I know that he wasn't super happy with Cropsy, like the design that he ended up coming because he was very rushed for that. Right. But everything else to me seems like very thought out and well mm -hmm. done and it, so and i thought cropsy looked i i liked the way he looked when i finally saw him but yeah I, th I thought he looked pretty good though the doctors and such were assholes for lying to him being like oh you're gonna live a normal life um with the face that he we find out oh he gosh. has yeah and it's it, well because they I guess that was the things that they had been saying over the years. So maybe that was a quote from many years ago maybe, be before maybe. this, because they're like, yeah, the skin grafts didn't take. So maybe they had kind of told him that things would be a certain way and then things weren't a certain way. But my man stepped out with the, he got the fedora when he's out on the town, he got the fedora, he got the peacoat, the black, all black everything. He comes, all black everything. <laughs> he comes stepping out, and I was like, "Okay, he's still got the can't keep a man drip down. You can't, <laughs> you can't keep a man's drip down." And he he's he stepped out at least ready to ready to flaunt or what's that strut strut, strut. the town. Yeah, strut yeah. the town. Now that's true. It's true. I, I give him that. He was looking kind of fresh. Coming out of that hospital, I don't know where he got all that all that equipment from, but yeah. we dig it. We appreciate <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, he it was um he specifically asked them to bring him some very fresh <laughs> outfits, and that's what he ends up wearing for the entire movie. And I know he was hot. Yeah, you know he was big sweaty. Oh, oh, oh! I know. Especially with some of the stunts that he pulls on uh, that he pulls later on. And you know that he has to be waiting for a minute before <laughs> stuff happens. Like, yes. my man's was cooking in all that leather. Yes. I know it stank, but... <laughs> I know it stank. But he looked good. <laughs> Maybe it was just me, but I felt like every time, like, right before somebody dies, there mm -hmm. is such a stark shift between the scene that was happening before and mm -hmm. the person realizing that they're about to die... Because it'll be like, hey, come upstairs. Oh, you ready, big boy? You ready? Please don't kill me. No. Like, it just yeah. it jumps so quickly. And my man's ain't even within 10 feet of her yet. But she's already reacting of like, the, oh, no, don't kill me. She 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 got the vibes. But I, 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 yeah, at first, it, things escalate very, very quickly. And then yeah. But it's also like, I know it's dark, but you're really trying to tell me you didn't notice any of man's features that entire walk home like for I real for real assume that he came he because we see from his pov he's literally right in front of her yeah. when he <laughs> stops and sees her they had to have had some kind of a 
to tete tete to, to get to get to that point. But like homeboy, you you out here getting customers without even making eye contact? That is bold. I don't know about your re- <laughs> she bad. She bad if she doing that. But maybe she didn't have her glasses on. Shoot. Hey, I wouldn't I wouldn't have been wearing my glasses because like why? But yeah, I don't know. But yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, she does not make it. She is the only victim who is not associated with the camp, which is mm-hmm. why I guess I was a little bit confused. But because immediately after that, Cropsy is back at it's a different camp. It's a different camp. So But at the same lake, just across the lake. I, I think I think so. I think it's one of those where they're near they're nearby camps, like you said, different parts of the mm-hmm. lake. But like he was from where is it, Camp Blackfoot. And yes. then we fast forward and we're at Camp Stonewater now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we meet all the campers and the counselors and whatnot and what did you think of this ragtag bunch, Erica? Okay, so <laughs> I like I like a lot of the moments where they're just being campers and we get a lot of time with them interacting with each other, which is really fun and actually feels very organic, especially mm-hmm. the scenes where they're all just kind of sitting around and talking to each other. I think those moments are really fun. A lot of the guy campers had me grimacing because a lot of them yes (laughs) it's weird it's weird because there are a lot of characters in this in this film that have multiple layers a la lasagna but half of those layers are rancid they're just like (laughs) disgusting layers where you think okay i never want to eat this again thanks i'm sick and Mm -hmm. Not all of the guys in this in this are like that. There are actually quite a few where they started a specific way and I thought I wasn't going to like them, but then they were fine. My biggest example of that would be um, like Dave and Woodstock and Fish, that little Jason yeah. Alexander's gang, mm-hmm. <laughs> which this was Jason Alexander and Holly, Holly Hunter, I think is her name. Their mm-hmm. first roles. Oh, so, that's sweet. Yeah, so, and they both surprisingly make it out of this movie unscathed, besides some emotional damage, but they survive. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, like, their group, their little jokester group, when I first met them, I thought that they were just going to be also bullies and and assholes, and they actually weren't. They were cool. They just were, like, class clowns who kind of just didn't know when to stop kind of thing. But they actually were not bad people and were actually fairly inclusive of all of their campers and kind of tried to involve everybody in whatever they were doing, which I thought was nice because it kind of went away from what I was expecting. Yeah. So that was cool. Uh, but <laughs> but two guys that we spend way too much time with. I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> are so overly aggressive with the women that they are trying to have sex with it's uncomfortable and Mm -hmm. that becomes a lot eddie that's all he is that is his entire personality assaulting sally wait no karen 
there, Karen. There are there are, there are a lot of campers. Oh I'm gonna mess there, up their yeah. names, so don't feel bad if you do. <laughs> yeah, guys, there's a lot of people in this movie. It's actually pretty nuts. I know we've said this before, but I've never seen it so even. Almost every camper in this movie has the same amount of screen time. Yeah. And so you kind of want to know their names, but you also can't know their names. <laughs> you, you just can't. But you, you remember can't do it. For for terrible reasons, you remember Eddie. And then let me guess, is Glazer the other of the guys oh who you couldn't gosh. fucking stand? Oh my gosh. We say, watch out where you're going, punk. I was like, what the fuck? As soon as he opened his mouth, he's immediately from Greece. And like... Look out where you're going, punk. You know how to break your legs, huh? Let me to twist your head off. Now I'm going to tell you just one time. You stay away from my girl. You understand that? Huh? What are you staring at, you little fucking weirdo, huh? Look, I'm warning you. If I even catch you looking at her, I'm gonna tear you up so bad, your own mother won't recognize you. You dig? Blazer, what's your problem? Oh, no problem, Todd. No problem. All right, get out of here. Understand? threw me off because nobody else had been that into he's just very over the top mm -hmm. he's just a bully glazer is just a bully through and through but he's also very like weird with sally who isn't his girlfriend but they've kind of had this flirting will they won't they thing all summer i suppose and mm -hmm. but Eddie is particularly the worst. Yeah, because his his just feels malicious the entire the entire time. Like it just feels oh uncomfortable, malicious. He's fully just like a predator in the making, if not made already. And yeah. I think with Glazer, the one redeeming factor of him is that everyone in the camp clowns on him because he's a bully. So it's like we get all these instances where like he's trying to be this tough guy and literally everyone bands together to kind of cut him down a peg, which mm -hmm. I think does a good job of humanizing him a little bit. But you don't get that with Eddie. Eddie's just kind of a jackass the whole no. time. And nobody says anything to Eddie about it. Even we even have this conversation in the beginning where Karen is talking to, I think, Michelle, and she mentions that although she likes Eddie, he scares her, which, oh, my God, red flags. So <laughs> red many, flags. so <laughs> many red flags. <laughs> like Eddie is just 17 red flags all stacked on top of each other walking around coat. this camp. <laughs> yes. And a trench coat walking around this camp and they kind of brush it off and nobody in the camp really ever calls him out on things until karen goes missing yeah and then they kind of get on eddie about it but at the same time that's the one thing that wasn't his actually his fault is her going missing because she's dead and like he didn't kill her yeah but what about all the other times that he was pushing himself on her and obviously making her feel uncomfortable yeah, and no. everyone was just like camp rocking it uh, elsewhere <laughs> letting her fend for herself were were you also pissed as hell that he outlived karen by the way that really upset me it i was, was really upset by that it was very unfortunate i felt like that she 
went from what had just happened with Eddie in the lake to immediately dying. Her whole sequence just felt really sad to me because she was so obviously uncomfortable and she's like fighting through the forest trying to find all her clothes mm -hmm. and she's oh my god yeah that is the one death that felt really really malicious and made me kind of sad mm -hmm. <laughs> i didn't mind that she died i don't think that that was that big of a deal i just didn't want her to die right then yeah not like that no like cold alone and naked that's that's not yeah. fair with some bullshit old boy out in the lake just swimming around with his fucking dick waving around. <laughs> I just, Eddie was so, the fact that Eddie survived as long as he did, and I didn't feel any kind of joy from his death in the way that I wanted to, because we'll get to that scene. Mm -hmm. yeah, yes, <laughs> but I didn't feel the. I was so re I would I knew he would die. Right. But I was waiting for his death because I wanted to feel that yes, we made it. Get him. And I didn't feel that when he finally died, which was kind of a bummer. True. Um yeah, I get so you. Yeah. yeah. Um Eddie's the worst. Kind of the worst. Um and then we have like the we have Todd and Michelle, which are like the 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 two heads, kind of like the head counselors, right? Mm -hmm. Um and they're they're good at least in my in my opinion like they they serve the role of like the main guy and girl role i think fairly well yeah Very cook, I felt, uh cookie cutter i'd say yeah for the most part i think michelle i liked michelle in the sense of i kind of liked how she called everybody out on their shit mm, and mm -hmm. she is a little bit more aggressive in a good way than todd is who although he is you know, he steps up when he needs to be. I think Todd's a little bit more of that cookie cutter camp counselor yeah. archetype than Michelle is. Although she definitely does fall into that. I liked the moments where she kind of bucked up and was was pushing back a little bit. And she did it a lot more often than that, Todd did. That's true. And I didn't expect that from her either. Like mm -hmm. when she did it the first couple of times, I was like, oh, shit. This character actually got some lasagna layers. All right. Mm -hmm. bet, 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 bet. We like to we see like it. like that. I know Garfield loves that. <laughs> I know he does. But, uh, oh, go ahead. No, nah, go for it. Because I think we're about to ask the same thing. <laughs> Alfred? Boy, that boy's a creep. That boy, now, Alfred's a creep. Now, what in the world were they trying to do with Alfred? This is bizarre. <laughs> this is bizarre because Alfred is it feels as though the movie is setting Alfred up as this loner who gets bullied and is kind of misunderstood. Nobody really listens to him. He's kind of shy and he didn't even really want to be at camp because it makes him uncomfortable. And if it was up to him, he'd be back home. It kind of reminds me of. Angela from Sleepaway Camp mm -hmm. and the way that he interacts with people at times. So then if we're supposed to, uh, uh, why did we meet him when he's being a peeping Tom and peeking in on a naked girl without her permit? Like, why did we meet him like that? And now you're going to end and now you're going to introduce all these aspects of him that by all means makes me feel like I should 
feel for him. Right. But this boy keeps creep, creep, creeping on <laughs> Sally. Every time I turn around, he's staring at her and it's making me and my homegirls upset. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true like you're right he's set up to be the character that you're kind of supposed to feel bad for um you know you're supposed to be like damn uh i i kind of want you to survive this because you know i get it man i get not wanting to be there i get being the loner i get being the outsider etc 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 but this man has too many instances of creep behavior for me to back him yes like I'm I'm out here watching the movie and I want to bully this man because he is creeping me the fuck out. <laughs> like from from him <laughs> creeping on Sally in the shower to later on when my man's is like pretending to be asleep and then watching people and then following them through the woods and just like yeah. it is it is cr- creep level nine thousand behavior. Like we don't need this. Like what what are we why is he still at camp can we get a call to his parents to come and pick him up because this man's parents please the movie the camp situation basically starts with this is the big first kind of issue that michelle rightfully so chews his ass up because of him sneaking into the girl showers and staring at Sally. And so yeah. Michelle goes in. Todd kind of goes in, but then is like, I understand. Uh, you understand. Yeah, what what is there to understand? Like this man goes from uh I was peeping at someone in the shower to, well, I don't even want to be here. These two things do not correlate, Goodbye. my guy. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I called your ass an Uber. You can leave. And and Alfred, Alfred says, like, oh, I was just trying to scare her and blah, blah, blah. And so for a minute, they kind of lean into that and play it mm-hmm. up. Like, for a minute, it almost seems like, oh, he's just a weird guy. He didn't understand that what you know whatever he was doing and maybe he was just trying to scare her but then immediately that whole premise becomes irrelevant because yes he continues to do it multiple times throughout the movie it's just that he has a weird infatuation with sally because she's the only person he does it to he is continuously looking and is popping up in the bushes and behind my man is full on stalking her. Let's be real here. Like, this man is... Yeah, coming down from the trees like Tarzan, <laughs> swinging over her while she's making out with Glazer. It's like, bro, what? And you know what's kind of interesting to me, and I think a little bit of a misstep with the character too is like I think these um, these kind of like ticks and like personality traits that he has would work in a story where you didn't know who the killer was to like potentially make him right. an option to be the killer. But because this isn't a whodunit style movie where we already know who the murderer is, he's never an option to be the murderer. So all the times that we're getting these POV shots of somebody stalking somebody in the woods or like looking to get ready to kill somebody, we know for a fact that it's not Alfred. Like yeah. we we know. And so, like, all these different mannerisms can't lead up to this final release where it's revealed, like, oh, snap, that's why he was so weird, because he's out here killing people. 
It's like, nah, he's just weird. Yeah, no, he's just in the shadows because he wants to be a peeping Tom, basically, uh, for a very specific person. And it's it's weird because for older movies, and maybe it's just because I didn't grow up in that time, and also the characterizations can be different, especially right. for older horror movies. When I see characters that are kind of over-the-top bullies or over-the-top mean girls or things like this, for some reason, it's not... It doesn't bother me too bad because it's so over the top. Mm -hmm. And so in the setting, for the most part, as annoying and as wrong as characters like Alfred and Glazer are, I can stomach it for the most part because there is a lot of this that is played as a caricature. And yeah. I think specifically for Glazer, he's just mm -hmm. so over the top that for the most part, I'm like, whatever. I think the thing about this movie that does make me grimace more than perhaps another movie is just, yeah, all the sexualization of a lot of the women and the way that it's played off as like, oh, well, yeah. oh, well, that's fine. Like, what, what, why, why? <laughs> it's just, it just that those were the moments that were hard for me to get through. The Eddie and Karen stuff was really hard. This first bit with Alfred watching her in the shower was was kind of hard. And then even the Sally and Glazer bits later on were mm -hmm. confusing. And yeah, I was and really ready for those moments to be done. I was ready to cut it. <laughs> I was yeah. ready to move on. <laughs> It was, uh, they were, they were weird. They were weird too. And like, I think part of that too was also some of the writing for, um, Sally and just yeah. like, because her character, her character flip flopped in places that it didn't feel natural for, for her to flip flop. And that was what kind of weirded me out about those scenarios. Yeah. Weird vibes. Definitely weird vibes in those scenes. Free and weird. But, yeah. But it's a weird. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I will say, all shit talk about Alfred aside, I did appreciate the fact that the the other characters did back him and care for him because they didn't know, like, outside of the one time that he gets caught watching Sally in the shower, they don't see all the kind of, like, other weird things that he does. So for the most part, they all kind of accept that he is kind of like this misunderstood guy. And when Glazer is like basically giving him shit for the rest of the movie, I do like that they kind of band together to be like, hey, yo, chill the fuck out. Like we're at camp. We're yeah. trying to have fun. Yeah. And that's it. The thing about that is it's like it does. It makes you appreciate the other characters more. Mm -hmm. And we as the audience, unfortunately, know that Alfred is still doing these things. So, of course, we would never back him or be on his side but I, that's the kind of stuff that makes me like yeah like dave and woodstock and fish their little crew mm -hmm. that's the kind of stuff where i'm like oh it's very sweet of them that they're trying to step in and make him feel more comfortable of course yeah they don't really know the extent of things extent but... of what he's actually doing and had he not actually been doing those things that would have been a nice thing for them to do. And the same with Todd, like he's kind of, he's trying to like be there for him as a soundboard and kind of trying to help him get through this time. I will say, surprisingly, I kind of like that who we end up as with our final 
final group that ends up battling against Cropsey mm -hmm. because I think that this movie could have gone down the more traditional way of having it be a final girl because at the beginning of the movie I'm thinking Sally, Karen, Michelle, I'm like putting them up there as the fine one of the final girls and thinking right. that it's going to be them. Something about having it be Alfred I think was just kind of cool in the sense of it didn't matter how good the person that survived was they it didn't matter the kind of person that they were which i think just kind of felt more realistic mm -hmm. to in to life is that yeah. just because you're the good girl who never has sex and is a nice person or whatever and is innocent and naive doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to make it through to the end and True. and i i did think that that was a cool way of tipping it on its head because I think in a lot of ways, Alfred is the kind of character that you're expecting and, and potentially rooting for to be taken mm -hmm. out sometime in this movie. And so it was interesting to watch him be one of the people that deals the final blow because you kind of have to think, like, where is this guy going to go? Like, what the fuck happens now with these yeah. characters that have survived? Um, so although he's not the guy that I would have picked <laughs> to even make it as long as he did in the movie, it was a it was a different take that I thought was made things a little bit more surprising for me because I honestly didn't really know who was going to die and at what point by the time we started killing some of these characters off. Yeah. And now, so we do the first half of the movie is a lot of setup. Like we get a little bit of bloodshed, mm -hmm. but for the most part, it isn't until the halfway mark where a, a chunk of the campers and counselors um, take a canoe trip away from camp is when things really start to ramp up uh, violence wise. Mm -hmm. Um and I honestly, for the most part, I really like the second half. Um, I have some feelings about the ending, but um, leading up to it, I did think that once things started going, it was fun because like the kills yeah. kind of happen in pretty quick succession. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Once he starts killing, he's on a roll. And I think it's what's nice, too, about having so many characters that are shitty is it's <laughs> it's fun when they die it is because you're waiting for them to die so when they get killed you're just like yes this is what i've been waiting for rather than sitting there dreading potentially certain people dying and mm -hmm. so yeah once they start rolling they they kind of keep amping up and up and up because you do sit there and you wonder you're like okay it didn't happen at the camp yeah. Okay. It didn't happen that first night on this extra trip. So you're kind of sitting there waiting because you're, you are assuming, I'm not going to lie, I was assuming that most of the kills would start at the camp right away. Those nighttime kills where they kept doing the fake outs. Yeah. Like uh, when I think it was Woodstock was in the cabin. Woodstock was in the cabin. Yeah. We had the tiger moment in the, in the field where yeah. I think, I think most people knew that she wasn't going to die there. Right. Um, but yeah, the Woodstock one, I thought that we were going to lose that character there for sure. They got me with that one. Yeah. It just makes sense. And so you, you start to sit there and wonder, okay, when, when is it going to happen? Which potentially maybe that's why they started with Karen, because I think maybe she is the character that you least expect 
to mm-hmm. have that happen to, especially in that moment. So maybe yeah. that's why they started with her. That doesn't make me happy about it. Nah. Also, also, there's a lot of day for night shots yeah. in a this. <laughs> so bright, which I think we've talked <laughs> about it before. But for anybody who doesn't know, day for night is just when they shoot in the daytime and then through post-production, they edit it to make it look like night. It never looks like night. It always, <laughs> everything always has like a weird blue tinge to it. You can tell that it's really bright. And I think in the beginning, it looked like they were actually shooting at night. But once they get to the Devil's Creek, it looks like all of those night shots are day for night. Yeah, I think maybe minus like the campfire. Right. For the most part, they they all seem to be day for night. Um, Which is kind of funny because even though it's shot that way, it may just have been the screen that I watched it on, but there was a lot of like darkness on the screen. Like it was yeah. hard to see some shit for real. It was really hard to see. And her, Karen's death was one that I really was, I had no idea what was going on. Mm-hmm. At times, I'm pretty sure that he cut her throat. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I'm like 90% sure that that's <laughs> what happened, but that one was really hard for me to see. Yeah. Um, now, granted, I was pissed that she was the first to die, but I think the story catalyst to lead to the scene that we have to talk about, which is the rap <laughs> scene, um, mm-hmm. was smart to have this character disappear. Um, I think the reactions to her disappearance were a little bit casual for how strange it was. Yeah. Yeah. It- Michelle, I felt like was more appropriate in her reaction in the sense of she seemed very angry at Eddie and was mm-hmm. rightfully so bl- putting placing a lot of the blame on him. Todd, to me, seemed a little bit lax for the yeah, situation like at hand. How often are your campers or counselors just disappearing in the middle of the night and then being totally fine later on? Right. Um, Seems a little sus. A little sus, Todd, my guy. I'd question it. And they talk about it later because he says, like, why would she leave in the middle of the night? And he kind of he starts to worry about it more later on. But, yeah, a lot of the campers kind of laugh and joke this situation off a bit more than I personally would if I was in that. If it was happening to me, considering every single canoe is gone and that's the only way to get back to camp unless you want to walk for a whole day. Yeah. And it's just like these things very clearly don't add up in terms of like why all the canoes are gone. And like there was just so many layers of like this is weird that I understand for story purposes why it didn't escalate as quickly as maybe I would have hoped, but it just still felt off that there wasn't a little bit more urgency there. Yeah, yeah, because everyone's very much just kind of like still walking through like on this perfect day and it's like, ah, I don't know, guys, it's you guys were Presumably, it's supposed to be back at camp today. Yeah. So maybe pep in the step. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I I guess though that that is is a fairly realistic kid way of thinking. Is especially when you're away from your parents and experiencing freedom for the first time, is to think that everything is going to work out and nothing bad could happen. Mm-hmm. And especially too because. 
I'm sure for them, it was more of an, oh, maybe we'll get another day away from the camp counselors where we're kind of doing our own thing, which would be exciting as a kid. And you're not expecting things to go wrong. Whereas when you're an adult, I think the arrow teeter-totters complete 180 and then you do expect things to go wrong. So it makes sense that they would react a little bit more excited. I forget sometimes that not every kid was afraid of consequences and bad things happening like I was in my youth. (laughs) Oh, and then also, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the scene where they're all sitting around and Todd and Michelle are kind of explaining to the campers what's going on, is Woodstock just playing with a gun? He is fully playing with a gun. And we've established it's like an airsoft gun, sure. Oh, right, right. But still... (laughs) Still, um, counselors, hello, this Hi. child has a gun. Can right. we can we <laughs> confiscate this man's firearm, por favor? Please, yeah, because that's right, because that's the gun they used to shoot Glazer in the butt earlier. But even that was a pretty good distance, and it hurt Glazer. I mean, Woodstock is sitting directly next to people and aiming it in their faces and just yeah. throwing it in his hands like he's juggling. <laughs> And Nobody it, cares. And it looks like a gun. Like, it looks like right. a straight-up gun. And, like, I wasn't around in the 80s, but if y'all were packing like that, um, we got some shit to talk about. Okay, uh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> but the events of our poor girl Karen lead to the um, group needing to build a raft mm-hmm. so that they can shimmy their way back to camp, see if they can find the canoes and come rescue everybody. Um, Which leads to the raft scene that (laughs) we keep alluding to. Which, Um, this is a very, they build an amazing raft. They do. They do. For one afternoon, that is a 10 out of 10 raft that they were able to craft (laughs) there. It's a very good raft. Um, Some would even say maybe too good of a raft to be made. In such a short period of time. I don't know how they teach you at camp. Maybe raft making is on the docket for some of hey, the days at camp. Todd, Todd's a boy scout. He is That's a boy true. scout. so He is a boy scout. So he taught him well. And so this raft legitimately works. They're making mm-hmm. some headway on this raft. And they... So what? It's like five of them went on the raft. They're supposed to go and get help. And they're mm-hmm. going to bring help back so that everybody else can get off. And so as they're rafting, they see one of the canoes and they start rafting to that canoe. <laughs> and once they get there, Cropsy pops up and kills everybody on there. And Eddie is on this on the raft. I have never been so unsure of what was happening in a scene, but also (laughs) so pleased by what was happening in a scene. I cannot think of the last time I felt those two conflicting emotions. So strongly. At once. (laughs) Dude, it's so true. Because the situation is so nonsensical. It's so ridiculous to me that one, what what was, what, Cropsy, what was your plan, man? Truly, what was your plan? How? You let all the canoes go. You leave one in the middle of in the middle of the lake. You then proceed to lay in this canoe for the entire afternoon because you had you had to have been there for a while. How long? 
<laughs> were you in that canoe? And what made you believe that they would even get to that canoe? Because when we when we reunite with the the raft crew, they have been going for a while. They have traveled a distance. So it's not even like Cropsy had just left one canoe closer to where they were. It had still flown, like, yeah, like blown out with the tide. And so he was really just lounging in this canoe. He was big chilling and then proceeds (laughs) to massacre this group of five with a pair of garden shears. And it's just, look, I can suspend disbelief. I can. But all y'all just sat there and took it. Bro. Every single one of you, after the first person got sliced, nobody made an attempt to jump off the raft, push the person into the (laughs) nothing. We do nothing but just sit there and scream. Truly. It's so funny because also the order (laughs) that they edited it, like the order of deaths makes zero sense because somehow... Cropsy starts from the back of the raft <laughs> and works his way forward. So somehow he reached everyone who was in the back. What? And then just like slowly went up and was just hacking away fingers, stabbing through necks <laughs> on his way back to the front. Because who is it? I think it's like fish. Is, cl- is the one that's climbing onto the canoe when Cropsy yeah. pops up. And somehow Fish is the last death last, that we see. Like the last one. <laughs> <laughs> and now, don't, don't get us wrong here. The practical effects, again, yeah. really good. Really good in this section. They, <laughs> there, are, there are points. There are points where you can really tell that they're <laughs> banking a lot and putting a lot of stock on the practical effects uh, yeah. because <laughs> but, the way that some of these characters react to being murdered is very much, I am uh, completely covered in prosthetics yeah, and cannot move. And can't move. And you can tell that they're also putting a lot of faith in the cuts because they cut really fast. So you can't, like spend too much time looking at any particular character specifically eddie who like i said his death i've been waiting for and it goes so quickly that i don't have time to relish in it eddie his death it's obviously the actor's head is through a hole in the bottom of the raft Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then Mm -hmm. it's a fake body because cropsy stabs down into his abdomen or his torso but yeah you can tell that (laughs) the actor just had to stick his head through a hole (laughs) in the raft (laughs) it's it's so good though it's so funny it's so funny just watching everybody's different reactions especially the girl the yeah the girl girl who who does like (laughs) doesn't even die i actually think she's the last one but she's just laying there just like screaming while everyone is getting hack and slash she has ample time to get off of that raft but she's just ah 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 and then he just like slashes her across the forehead and her brains like spill out which again (laughs) very fun practical effects but the whole scene in itself is fucking nonsensical (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty, oh my god, yeah. It's but pretty it, funny. 
Fun enough, <laughs> funny enough, it matched the vibe. It still matched the vibe oh, of the movie. Yeah. Um, if not push the vibe to new to new heights now, because we we this is like the first big bloodbath that we get. Yeah. And so it really sets the expectation for like the rest of the kills, I think, for the for the last bit of this movie. Yeah, definitely. It's um it's it's exactly what you want from these type of movies, but right. don't normally get because it's hard for a bunch of people to get taken out at once, especially because Cropsey is not a supernatural killer or anything. He's just a guy. And yeah. so you don't always see scenes like this where so many people are easily taken out one at a time. And so I think it was smart to have it on a raft because I, I and out in the middle of the water because it does kind of extend or it makes you get rid of these notions of like, oh, well, why don't they just run or whatever? Because they're kind of isolated out in the middle of the water, which was the smartest thing that they could have done because obviously they needed to get... Because at that point, before those campers left, there was, what, like 20 campers still hanging out on this little lake. And yeah, so, they're still a sizable amount. Yeah, so it's like they really did need to kind of get some people away from the group. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that's the way they did it. I'm glad it wasn't another like sex capade type of situation. Yeah. And that it was like, okay, we're off on this raft and whatever. We're just kind of all, it's the goof, it's some of the goofier characters too. So mm -hmm. as annoying as it is that they kind of just sit there and, <laughs> and just chill out waiting for Cropsey to kill them. It also kind of makes sense for some of their characters, to be fair. So, yeah, yeah it, it, it's it a moment that I am very happy happened in this <laughs> Again, movie. Again, <laughs> another moment, another thing about this movie that I'll talk shit about that I kind of loved. I actually kind of love yeah. the rap scene for how ridiculous it is. It, yes. It just, it, it fit. It was what I came into this movie looking for. Um, and then next up on the docket, we have, uh, oh, what's her name? Sally and... Grazer. And Grazer. Or Glazer. Glazer. Grazer. Grazer. <laughs> what he a name. He got grazed in the neck is what he did. Oh, yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, so we have, because it cuts to, so they've they've gone, and then it cuts to night. Basically, from that moment, it immediately just like, cuts back, and the rest of the campers kind of have nothing to do but just wait. And mm -hmm. Glazer and Sally have been, talking earlier so they sneak off to go have sex in the mm -hmm. middle of the woods and this is one of those moments where once again it's fucking weird uncomfortable it's dude uncomfortable it's an uncomfortable through. scene it's so uncomfortable to sit through you don't quite un like uh, it's and it's so long that's the thing about this movie it feels at times that they're padding out the runtime by making certain situations extend for very long periods of time and it usually are the situations that you wish weren't being extended that mm -hmm. are long and i don't know if it's because they wanted to have nudity and that kind of a thing because it's an r-rated movie and i feel like at that time i think they assumed that slashers like this needed to have nudity and sex and yeah blah, which, blah, which blah, was blah, a blah. thing that was which that was a thing like people thing. were coming out to see boobies this is true and also, too, um, we see a lot of pale butts in this a movie. A lot of pale butts. A lot of pale butts. A lot butts. of pale booties. I see almost every single character, man and women, but pale. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Which, thank you, I guess. 
Right? I, I don't truly know how to feel about I that one. I don't know. I didn't want to see Jason Alexander's butt, personally. <laughs> That's um, just but me. With, <laughs> with his death, um, what I actually kind of liked, I like that we only see a bit of Sally's, but we yeah. get the full version of Glazer's. I think that was a good pick. Um, because Glazer up until that point has just been un- insufferable. So kind of like similarly to Eddie, we're waiting for this character to die and you want them to get their comeuppance. And it really feels like he does mm-hmm. because this one feels personal. The, the way he gets killed, he gets like stabbed through the throat and then they get a little bit of Friday the 13th action where he's getting like lifted off the ground yeah. from his from his throat wound and then like stabbed into a tree. Like, he gets brutalized. And that's a cool scene, or that's a cool shot, I mean, where we're pushing in with him as he's being carried over to the tree. Mm -hmm. That was a really cool shot, I thought. And I, too, wonder if his death is a little bit more shown than others because this is the first time that another person has witnessed it. So Alfred Mm. has snuck and followed laser back to where they were um they were in the woods and so alfred witnesses his death and so we do get to see a little bit more of it i put glazer and (laughs) why was he bringing the because when he gets back sally's like covered by the sleeping bag and he Mm -hmm. kind of thinks that she's playing with him why does he pull the thing down so slowly yeah it takes so that shot was like a minute long of him just being like sally hello (laughs) yeah like the bag down i i i didn't understand (laughs) it took him it took him ages to figure out that she was dead and clearly this man has no sense of like peripheral vision no because alfred is basically two steps behind him the entire length of the journey back to where sally is and he doesn't notice him at all. So it it does not strike me strange in any way that he doesn't notice Crosby is just waiting to murder him. Sitting there. Glazer took so long to discover that Sally was dead that Cropsy basically was just like, I'm not waiting anymore and killed her. Because he doesn't (laughs) even see her. He doesn't even pull it down enough to see that she's dead. He has an inkling that she is. But then gets immediately stabbed so i feel like yeah. even cropsy said you know <laughs> what was like i'm getting impatient <laughs> it's getting ridiculous now and so immediately killed him but yeah so alfred well and and that's the thing alfred had seen cropsy before through a window yeah. and nobody believed that there was somebody there so now so now alfred goes to todd tells him that he saw glazer get takes very long to say this like in my yeah. head i'm thinking speak up let's get these words <laughs> out but like, spit it out my guy because <laughs> he's once again talking in riddles but finally he says uh glazer's dead so todd goes back to the scene of the crime with alfred and he does see glazer dead mm-hmm. and then cropsy comes out of nowhere and basically just nicks todd on the forehead lightly taps him <laughs> on the forehead, which proceeds to knock Todd out. Yes, <laughs> completely knocks the man out, but only for 
30 seconds. He's knocked out long enough for Cropsey to chase after Alfred and then immediately wakes up. Yeah. And when we when, when we finally talk about the finale, I'll talk about this. But this is where the movie went wrong for me. It's like from this point moving forward, I think is where they kind of lost me. And I'll explain a little bit why once we get to that last, last bit. But I, I, I audibly giggled when... <laughs> <laughs> when those scissors just lightly tap this man's forehead oh and he just dramatically yeah. and it was just out like a light. Bonked him out. I mean I mean, I there was no there was no force at all behind that tap and Todd was asleep. K oh asleep. And so yeah, from this point on, it's basically the discovery. Michelle, mm-hmm. the raft somehow comes back and somehow makes it back. <laughs> Michelle swims out and find somebody's severed hand somehow falls off of the raft onto her soul, like onto her shoulder. And then she swims away and then somehow the body pops up from underneath the water. <laughs> It's great. It's fantastic. It's It's brilliant. And everyone's distraught. So all the other campers witness this. They then take the raft, go back to the camp to get help. And so now it's basically Cropsy chasing Alfred and Todd chasing them is what the next like 10 minutes is basically. I mean, honestly, kind of like the rest of the movie, because yeah. we we get shots of uh, back of the camp of like them getting ready to go get help. But that's really mm-hmm. as far as that plot line kind of goes, um, whereas the chase sequence is where we're, ch- we're getting like the finale. We're getting that last little bit of information. And we're getting the big reveal about like, why is Cropsey doing this to these people and all this stuff? Um, and so he captures at some point, he captures Alfred. He's got him like pinned to a wall via his shears um, which i'm like okay not quite sure like i I suppose he's using him for bait maybe um but here you know i'm just gonna get into it this is why this irritates me um it gets revealed in a reveal that i actually like let me start there i like the reveal that apparently Todd was one of the campers who lit Cropsy on fire. I thought that that was good because it was around this point in the movie where I was thinking to myself, you know what's missing for me is why is he doing this to these campers? Mm -hmm. Like, this is a completely different camp. Like, what connection does he have to these kids? Like, why why is this happening? I I really was thinking that when this reveal happened. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, shit. I think it's actually kind of cool that Todd was in that group. That gives me now a reason for why Cropsy is here. I'm like, okay, cool. So this is all one big revenge based on the actions of Todd. Mm-hmm. And so now we're, I think, given this notion that he's captured Alfred to lure Todd in to finally have this showdown with him and to seek his revenge. Okay. That also tracks as well. But here's the reason the movie went wrong for me is why didn't you just kill him in the forest? I don't get it. Like why, right. why did you let him go in that moment? You, your revenge was there. It was lying on the ground right in front of you. He apparently is the whole reason 
that you're doing this. Mm -hmm. Why do you let Todd live and chase after Alfred? I guess it's because he wanted to set Todd on fire, I think is what his like his MO was because he had his flamethrower, right? But I Mm -hmm. guess this was just another instance where Cropsey was just assuming things would go the way that he wanted because what if Todd said, fuck Alfred, I'm going to go back to camp and Mm -hmm. just get the police in here, then you've lost your entire opportunity. Because, yeah, it seemed to me that he really really wanted to use that flamethrower when it would make sense that he would wanted to use it specifically on the person who had inadvertently set him on fire but but then Mm -hmm. at the same time it i wish okay well first of all also todd is a maniac do you know how crazy you have to be to make an urban legend tale off of the time that you almost killed somebody and Mm -hmm. say it as if it it wasn't true yeah, it makes Todd such a jackass, like, once that reveal happens. Because yeah. you're like, so you're just joking about this shit now? Yeah. Todd, Todd, I thought you were better than this. One time, this Cropsey really went after this kid from Brooklyn. Followed him around night and day. He made this kid's life living hell. But this time, he chose the wrong guy because the kid and some of his buddies had planned a little prank that would scare the living shit out of Cropsey. Only problem was, the gag went wrong. The next thing anyone knows, Cropsey's trapped alive and burning in his bunk. They try to get him out, but the fire's so fierce they can't reach him. All they can do is stand outside and listen to him cry out in agony. They say he smashed his way through the bunk room door, just a mass of flames. And as he screamed out, burned alive, he cried out, I will return. I will have my revenge. They never found his body. He survived. He lives on whatever he can catch. Eats them raw, alive, no longer human. Right now, he's out there. Watching, waiting. Don't look. He'll see you. So, like you're having a little hee hee ha ha around the campfire, playing pranks. How'd you get a mask that looks exactly like Cropsy? Where'd you get that made? And you're telling all these, you're telling this story, scaring people when you were apparently traumatized by this situation. I don't know if they were trying to imply that he had maybe like been kind of suppressing that or what, but at the same time, no, he wasn't because he had even mentioned earlier that he had been evicted from camp and didn't mm. say why, but he had mentioned that he'd been kicked out of camp. So it's like, you remember that you did this thing and now you're yeah. here telling the story. Are you nuts? So yeah, Todd comes off looking like a real bozo after that reveal mm. <laughs> that reveal happens it's it's so true and so then at that point you're just like oh okay yeah kill him cropsy like fuck yeah sure why not I, light at, him up at this point i have switched sides i'm fully light <laughs> this man on fire <laughs> i'm team cropsy and well so i guess the biggest thing i have with the ending that's kind of it's just kind of lackluster it feels like there's a lot of start and stop there's Mm -hmm. never a moment where there's a full-on 
confrontation or yeah because even this bit with the flamethrower if he's looking for todd i it could have been so much more tense instead todd is just kind of backing up and going around corners and cropsy's just like oh guess he's not over here and then Mm -hmm. just (laughs) turns the flamethrower off and leaves i feel like if he had been um like chasing him more or he knew he was there and todd really had to be working to evade him that that would have been a lot more first of all it would have given cropsy more to do and i feel like that would have been more clear for you why he didn't kill todd earlier but then also too it's he stops and then it gives todd time to go save alfred and then both him and alfred get to fight cropsy and then they get to fight him again in two seconds and when i say fight i don't mean fight y'all that's a very loose (laughs) loose word (laughs) it is it is todd swinging an axe at a man Mm -hmm. far too far away to be hit by said axe (laughs) who is shooting a flame at a man who is far too far away from the flame to ever be burned and so you just have these two waving their weapons at each other for like a full minute. No one making any contact until Alfred finally pulls the strength to rip the shears out of his arm and stab Cropsy in the back. And that's right. just it. Like that, it just ends. And you're like, yeah, really? And <laughs> that's ends, it. Well, and then the cops get cops and Michelle get there. And then we cut back. That's another thing, too. We keep cutting between Michelle on her side quest and then going back to the whole confrontation with Cropsy, which is also a bit jarring at times. But then surprise, we get the whole I'm not a, I'm not dead yet. But it's so funny because he pops up and he grabs Alfred and then Todd just goes, Alfred, get out. And so then Alfred <laughs> just spins out of Cropsy's arms so that Todd can <laughs> Todd can kill him. I'm like, dude, if it was that easy for you to get out, why did you why, Why did you not you do that, do that earlier? <laughs> Why did you not do that from the beginning? Also, <laughs> yeah. also, why do what I have to assume are the burnt down remains of Camp Blackwater look like a Mayan temple in, and a mine shaft and a mine shaft? Like, where are we? Where, <laughs> where on this yeah. island are we anymore? Um, yeah, it's like it immediately becomes journey to the center of the earth and. <laughs> That's true, cause and I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, this this is the these are the ruins, cause they had that like he's ran so far, he's made it across the lake. But then I started questioning myself, cause I just thought, where is where did all this stuff come from? Yeah. Why does it look like this? Yeah, and now I from from readings, we know that this is like a copper mine that they just honestly found, and they yeah. were like, oh, it'd be cool to shoot here, and mm-hmm. that's literally what they did. But I think for story purposes, that whole sequence, I was like, where the where the f- are we? <laughs> yeah, well, because they have that whole part where the mine cart comes down and <laughs> almost squishes Todd. But really, all he has to do is step to the side is and get out of the way. Make the baby a sidestep. Yeah. Yeah. But instead, he like somersaults <laughs> all over <laughs> to the side and then falls on his back. And almost passes out again. Manages to stay awake this time, but... Someone needs to check if Todd has a concussion. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Todd is just not my favorite. I agree that that 
it 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 I'm glad that there was a character who was actually at the camp when that occurred and who was participate who had participated in it. So yeah, Cropsy very specifically because it also makes sense on then why Cropsy went with them to Devil's Creek instead of just staying at the camp. Right. He was very obviously targeting wherever Todd was. That's where he wanted to be. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think that Todd was the most interesting person yeah. to be in the finale for it just, me. It felt very <laughs> vanilla. It, it truly did. I I left the I left the climax feeling um not satisfied. I was like, uh, yeah. okay. He just seems a little confused. He seems a little sleepy. Oh my gosh. And then we have to talk about so after he does his somersault, uh, while he's on his back, he looks up and he sees Karen. Mm. However, <laughs> it's not actually, it's not, instead of, they they didn't have the actress, obviously, on the day that they shot that scene. Mm-hmm. So instead, they took a screenshot from her early de- earlier death in the woods <laughs> and sh- they just put it up. Super so anytime, yeah. So anytime he looks up, it's just a screenshot of her. And oh my God, you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell. <laughs> I'm like, why didn't you guys just... I guess they wanted... This is another thing that's very... I feel like the the 80s and the 90s horror slashers, this was also very popular, is that you had to have a moment where the main character saw the bodies and saw all the people who had died. So they knew, like, oh, my friend's dead. Yeah. And so I feel like that's why they felt the need, because Karen was the only body that hadn't been discovered. So they were like, we need to get her in there. They didn't need to, because I honestly had forgotten that they that nobody had found karen so i wasn't even thinking about it they could have got away with that not the freeze frame and last question (laughs) truly um where did where did todd get this axe from like where did he pull this axe out (laughs) he literally yeah he all of a sudden just has an axe i assume i i guess they it may they would have brought an axe probably to chop wood for the fire but still it's it's i think it's because we don't see him and then the next time we see him he's rolling down a hill with the axe (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and it just feels a little like what maybe He's like Paul Bunyan all of a sudden. And the last time we saw him, he seemed just so confused. And yeah, all we, all we just... needed was Indiana Jones music and <laughs> yeah. would have been perfect. <laughs> Todd is just a hot mess for this whole ending. Like, I would have preferred to be Michelle and Alfred. Yeah. And Todd be on, be on the boat. Prob- yeah. It probably would have been a little bit more interesting, but um, <laughs> this is what we got. And then. Uh, they manage to kill him. We get the fake out, and then we watch him burn. Which the burning body shot another another case of like fun practical effects. And then we get the last bit of like they're still now telling the story mm-hmm. of this character. Which um, I didn't know this, but apparently this urban legend is act is based on a real urban legend that has been told in camps for a long time. So that's yeah. kind of cool. Um, it makes the ending a little bit stronger to me because at first I didn't like it, but then after reading that, I was like, okay, 
that full circle is kind of nice. Yeah, which I I've this is one that I've never heard before. So, but I think there's like another movie called Cropsy. Mm-hmm. There's like one in like the, the two legend. like early two thousands or something like that. Yeah, but yeah, I mean it's it's a good it's a cool ending in the sense of yeah now this is just going to become an urban legend that continues on and on and on and i guess in the future people will legitimately think that it's not true but it's based in reality because i think that's kind of always the fear of urban legends is is that they're based in reality and Mm -hmm. that there's a chance that that actually happened when in most instances it's just a made-up story but yeah, it. I like the ending ending, like that last little bit with the story. I liked that as the pin in this, especially because it feels very camp as well to just like yeah. end it at a campfire telling a story like that feels very in line mm-hmm. for this movie for me. Yeah, agreed. It it pulled like I was in a bit of a funk towards the end. And I think that that, that last image and that last like couple uh, minutes there pulled me back into mm-hmm. the uh, vibes that I had earlier on. So I appreciate that. I do. But yeah, that is The Burning, which I actually like that name too. Yeah. I like the it's name. It's good. It's good. That's a, it's a solid name. It's a good name. It's a good name because they definitely could have like just called it Cropsy or something. Yeah. But I'm glad they didn't. <laughs> which no respect to the Cropsy movie that came out right. that is titled Cropsy. Right. But um, I do, that we haven't seen. I think that that might be a documentary. Oh, is it? I think so. So okay. if that's the case, then it makes sense that they would just call it then, Cropsy. Yeah. Fair enough. But yes, the, burn- <laughs> <laughs> the burning, good title. Mm-hmm. Do appreciate. Um, but Erica, what are we going to rate this one out of? Oh, gosh. I'm trying to think of something that would definitely not pop up in another movie. It may pop up, but burning skulls is something. That's see, we got those. and that's what I was thinking. I was like, something with burning skulls. I was trying to think of something to do with the raft. Flamethrowers. Raft, raft massacres. Say it, raft. Yes, raft <laughs> massacres. Come on, we're never going to use we that. Go. There's no way. There's no way, right? Question right, mark. Guys? <laughs> we shall see. <laughs> All right. Uh, how about you go first for this one? Okay. I'm going to give the burning. I think I'm going to give it. I am going to give the burning 3.4 raft massacres out of five. Okay. This is, I understand why this movie is a cult classic. It is what you want out of a cheesy, schlocky 80s horror camp movie. Like this is everything you want and on paper and kind of for the most part on film it does feel that way for me it's mostly entertaining there are some great sequences the effects are awesome the score is really nice cropsy for me though not the most memorable villain i do like his design and i like his backstory and yeah i for a lot of this movie i was i was it was scratching the itch that i wanted it to but Oh, man, those subplots just really irked me. And it was hard for me to get past those. It feels almost reminiscent of some of the characters from a raunchy 
horror, like comedy in the 80s and even in the 90s. And so I think for some people, it won't be so annoying. But it really rubbed me the wrong way in this. I just couldn't get past it. Really brought things down for me. And it made me just wish that those moments were flying by. And unfortunately, those are the moments that are stuck with me more than some of those more fun moments. So yeah, I just, for me, it's a 3.4. It's a good camp movie and a good camp horror movie, but it could have been so much better. And I think maybe if you don't mind those parts, it will be a higher score for you. But nah, 3.4, Rap Massacre's out of five for me. Nice. Uh, I think I'm going to be in a similar realm here, and I'm going to give it like 3.2 out of 5 Wrath Massacres. Really same reasons. Um, I think what is a big pro of this movie is if you've been in horror for a little bit or watched a lot of these kinds of movies, they all have a lot of similarities and they kind of do blend together. Um, And we've already at this point covered so many camp movies that... I'm impressed that The Burning still finds a way to stand out and have its own identity. I appreciate that. And I do think for seasoned horror lovers who enjoy this subgenre, that this is a great entry into it. And I think it gives you, like you said, everything that you really want from a summer camp slasher. You get everything that you need. A lot of my cons are similar ones. Um, Alfred wasn't my favorite character. Um, A lot of uncomfortable scenes. And I think the biggest thing for me is um, I was kind of going back and forth in my head about what is different about this compared to like Friday the 13th that um, feels like it's lacking. And I think it's with the the antagonist of Cropsey. He just doesn't have that timeless energy that, you know, like Jason or Mrs. Voorhees has for whatever reason. And I think it's because he almost feels like a bit of an afterthought in a, in a lot of ways. Um, and so for that, it's kind of unfortunate because I'm like, although I enjoyed a good majority of this movie, if I saw The Burning 2 pop up, I don't think I'd be necessarily inspired <laughs> to see mm-hmm. where the story went. So um, for those reasons, I knock it a little bit. But overall, as a, again, summer camp slasher, very satisfied in that regard. And if that's the kind of movie that you're looking for or that you enjoy, you will probably like this one. So mm-hmm. 3.2 out of 5 uh, Wrath Massacres. But that is it for our Discord Decides for the month. And that is it for The Burning. Please let us know what you guys think of this movie. You can talk to us on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or if you want to slip into our Discord, you can talk to us through there and be a part of the future Discord Decides. Put your vote in there so you can help us choose some future movies. The link for that is in our social media bios. And you can always shoot us over an email. We are homiesofhorror at gmail.com. You can email us requests, recommendations, and business inquiries. And today is Monday, if you're listening to this the day that it comes out, which means that we are on Twitch tonight. We are currently playing through the Dark Anthology games. We're stressed. 
but we're having a good time. So if you guys want to come and see us make some questionable decisions, then please go find the link for our Twitch through our social media bios as well. And last but not least, if you are so inclined, we would very much appreciate it if you would leave us a rating or a review. You can do both on Apple Podcasts. The more ratings and reviews we have, the better. It recommends our show to more listeners. So if you have an Apple account and you haven't done that, we would very much love it if you did. Or if you're listening on Spotify, you can leave us a rating. Just go to our name, click the stars underneath, and let us know what you're thinking of the show. But that is it for us this week, homies. We are very much looking forward to seeing you guys next week. And go ahead, go ahead and get prepared for Shark Week, homies. <laughs> Catch you next week, homies. Bye.